According to Pastor Trent Griffith, there's a difference between proactive praying for a child and merely reactive praying. If you are a parent who only prays defensively, you are missing out on what it means to simply pray. You can pray all day long that God would keep your kids from evil, keep your kids from stupid stuff, keep your kids from bad boyfriends and bad girlfriends, keep your kids away from pornography. Nothing wrong with those prayers. But if the height of your prayers is, Lord, I pray that my kid would not get pregnant, um, stay out of jail, and pay their student loan debt. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, expand your horizon a little bit. You're a warrior. Pray offensively. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Our current series is called Simply Pray. And last week we heard the first part of a message called Simply Pray for Your Children. Well, even if you don't have biological children, there are still kids within your sphere of influence. And this program's for you too. You know, all of us need reminders on the best ways to pray for the children that God brings into our lives. Here are some highlights from last week. Some of you would say, well, Trent, I don't have children. You may say, I'm not even married yet. Um, That's okay, because I want to read you a story about a man who didn't have children, but loved to pray for them. From Matthew chapter 19, look at it, beginning in verse 13. Then children were brought to him. Guess who he was? Jesus. The parents brought their children to Jesus that he might lay his hands on them and pray. Faithful parents tell their kids about Jesus and tell their Jesus about their kids. Because children need parents and they need prayer, okay? Then you realize, I need supernatural help because the best of my parenting is only going to produce a well-behaved, self-righteous, religious Pharisee. So let's talk about these five ways we can pray for our kids. First of all, simply pray for their parents' marriage to be intimate and permanent. Simply pray for their parents' marriage to be intimate and permanent. Do you realize that I just told you the best thing you can pray is not your kids? Because your kids need an environment that is actually healthy to grow up in. Here's the second way you can pray for your kids. Simply pray they will come to Christ in repentance and faith. Simply pray that they will come to Christ in repentance and faith. Jesus, in verse 14, said, let the little children come. He invites children by faith to trust Him. He invites these children to have a relationship with them. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. Red, yellow, black, and white. They are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Remember that? It's true. Jesus loves these children. But as a parent, we have to understand that our children must come to the place where they choose 
to love him back. They have to make a choice. I'm not going to love myself. I'm not going to love the world. I'm going to choose. I'm going to make a choice to love Christ. I'm going to stop loving myself. I'm going to stop loving my appetites. And I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to stop trusting myself. I'm going to stop trusting my parents' faith. I'm going to stop trusting this religious knowledge that my parents poured into me since I was in the nursery. And I'm going to trust Jesus. Listen. The number one role of a parent in a child's life is to become that child's evangelist. We talk a lot about making disciples around here. Hey, you can't jump over your kids and start making disciples in your small group. Jump over your small group and start making disciples in Michiana. Jump over your small group and start making disciples in Liberia. you got to start at home. And do you know what so many parents do? They assume that because they've told their children the truth, they've taught them about Jesus, they've brought them to church, they've assumed that their children are genuinely converted to Christ. And yet when you examine that child's life, it doesn't look like Christ. Look at this first. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 7. Here's how you can know whether or not your children have genuinely been converted. It says, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. The illustration has to do with something that has life. Spiritual life is a result of spiritual birth. There can be no spiritual life if there has been no spiritual birth. If there has been spiritual birth, there will be spiritual life that will produce spiritual fruit. And yet so many parents claim to love their kids so much, they couldn't bear the thought of actually believing what God says is true about them. The gospel is this, without spiritual birth, they will never see the kingdom of God. Without spiritual fruit, there is no evidence of spiritual life or spiritual birth. Do you love your kids enough to preach the gospel to them? To tell them, you know what? God is holy and you are not. I know you've been taught you're a good little boy. Listen, if you raise your children to believe they're awesome, why would you be surprised when they think that they're so awesome they don't need God? Tell them they're not awesome. God is awesome. And they need a savior. God is holy. And one day they will stand before God in judgment. And they will give an account of their life. And if they haven't had a substitute righteousness imparted to them because of the work of Jesus on the cross, they will spend an eternity without God and without you in heaven Say, I want to spend eternity with you. Come with me. 
Leave your life of sin. Embrace Christ as your Savior. You need to be born again. You need to be declared righteous before God. Can you believe that your parenting isn't good enough? Some parents have a hard time admitting this because it's a challenge to their pride. To think, are you trying to say I haven't been a good enough parent? I brought my kids to to church. I read them the Bible. And now you're saying they're not a Christian? I'm telling you that bringing them to church and reading their Bible doesn't make them a Christian. And I'm telling you that you need to simply pray that God would grant them repentance and faith, which grants spiritual conversion and regeneration to their heart. And you're not doing them any favors if you're pretending they're really good enough. I remember years ago when my kids were young enough, we were still tucking them in bed at night. And I always used that opportunity to kind of get the gospel to them, you know? And so have you noticed that your kids, they, they don't like to go to bed. They just want to stay up all the time. Well, you can actually use that to your advantage as a parent. You can actually get them to talk to you at the end of the day because it's an excuse for them to stay up later. They won't talk to you any other time of the day, but at the end of the day, they want to stay up and talk. So you could talk about all kinds of things. I mean, you just, they don't care. You can read the Bible, you can preach, you can, you could put my sermon on, that'll put them to sleep. You know, you do all kinds of stuff to, to leverage your, your position as a parent there, but that's what they need. It's not coming to church. They can't get to heaven on your faith. It has to be their own personal faith. And without a work of grace in response to your prayers as a parent, they can't see it. So pray that God would open their eyes to the necessity of repentance and faith. Now, let's listen to part two of Simply Pray for Your Children. Here's Pastor Trent. Number three, you can simply pray that they will walk in truth. This is one of my favorite verses as a parent. We have this on a plaque in our home. If you don't have this on a plaque in your home and you have children, you need this on your home. Third John, verse four, one of the shortest books in the Bible says this. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. Now, John wrote that speaking as a spiritual father to spiritual children, probably a congregation that he'd had influence over. Maybe he had even helped to start. And so he's applying that in a different way. We can apply it as parents for sure, because it's true. Isn't it true that when your children are making right choices, when they are walking in a way that is congruent with truth, it brings a joy to you as a parent. Proverbs says that a wise son makes a glad father. And so we have no greater joy than to know our children are walking in truth. Now listen, as we pray for our children, this is what we need to pray, that they would walk in truth. But in a very practical sense, we're not trying to be theoretical at all. When we pray for our children, the list is way too long to pray for everything that could possibly ever happen to them. And so what do you do? You stick your prayers for your children right into 
your time in the word every morning. You're opening the Bible. Do you remember how we taught you to simply pray the Bible? So you simply pray the Bible for your children and you simply pray that they would walk in whatever truth you are reading this morning. God, I pray that you would give them faith to believe what I'm reading right now. God, give them faith to see that this is the way of wisdom. And God, would you help them to value wisdom? And God, would you make them allergic to lies? They are swimming in a sea of lies once they get out of this place. Yesterday, um, we were watching some football, and my son Scott, he was laying down on the floor, kind of watching football like this, and TV was up in front of him. The only problem with watching football is there are commercials. And so, you know, you get a beer commercial every now and then, and I just remember, like, there's a beer commercial, and he's just sitting there just watching it. And I said, hey, Scott, that's a lie. He's like, okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Just a parenting moment to step in between the lie that's being spoken and the kid that is absorbing that. So there's parenting and then there's praying so that they would walk in truth. So not only do I pray that they would walk in truth, I need to put them on a path where they actually hear truth. Now think about this. We just read in Matthew 19 that there were real parents that brought real children to a real Jesus and he laid his hands on them. There was physical contact between a physical Jesus and a physical kid. He laid his hands on them. Don't you wish you could have been, just bring your kids to the real Jesus, physical contact with Jesus? Like, did you know that is not any better than what Jesus left for us as parents? He left us the Holy Spirit, but Jesus did leave a physical body that can touch our children. What is that? The church. Jesus called the church the body of Christ. So what does this mean? If you want your children to walk in truth, you better put them on the path of truth so that the truth can touch them, they can hear the truth and respond to the truth. Otherwise, there's a thousand other liars standing in line that want the position to speak into their lives. Jesus gave us the church. Now, I can realize if you're in some lame church or something, why you wouldn't want to bring your kids, but we got an awesome children's ministry in here. And, and this is the place where you get touched by truth. We're partnering together, speaking truth to one another. Um, some people say, well, you know, I just don't know if I can always get to church. I mean, it's Thanksgiving weekend. We got all this family in town. And Notre Dame had that game last night. And I was so late. And I still, how many watched the whole game last night? How many saw the whole thing, waiting for the last moment there was a comeback? And he's, through your prayers, um, you were simply praying. And, and it was a late night for you. I'm speaking to the 1130 crowd. And I know that, okay? I asked that question to the 8 o'clock crowd. How many of you stayed up and watched the game last night? And I, uh, you know, I was doing that. I said, is there anybody here that actually played in the game last night? Second row. Myron. Freshman. Number 95 in your programs. Number one in our hearts. <laughs> 300 pound, 18 year old Myron. At 7.55. Second row in church. I said, Myron. The game was in San Francisco last night. I went to bed at halftime. What time did you get back? 
He said, about 7 o'clock. 7.55, he's in church. What's your excuse? <laughs> you know why Myra's in church? I know Myra's in church. Because his daddy was praying for him to be in church. His dad's a pastor. He was here a few weeks ago. I met him. He's from Hawaii. Myron's got no chance. <laughs> his daddy prayed him here. How about you? Are you praying that your kids would have that kind of surrender and passion for the Lord? Or are you just praying they'll be a successful football player? Simply pray they'll walk in truth. Number four, that they will not be unequally yoked. Simply pray that they will not be unequally yoked in relationships. Look at this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now, that word is yoked. That's not talking about egg yolk, okay? Let me, let me tell you, this is again a word picture. Now, back in the day, agricultural economy, a farmer would stick one ox in one side of a yoke and another ox in another side of the yoke in big wooden bar over the top of them. The goal is that they would move the same direction at the same time at the same place. The worst thing you could get is one oxen that was pulling in a different direction than the other oxen. And so he says, make sure that whoever is yoked to your kids is pulling in the same direction that you are. Now, in the early phase of life, guess who's in the yoke together? You got a parent on one side, kid on the other side, and the kid is coming the same direction. He got no choice. He's in the yoke, right? But as the child grows up, the influence of a parent diminishes. And they actually are going to choose who they get yoked to. In friendships, boyfriends, girlfriends, media, peer groups, marriage. So to what, what, what's one of my greatest prayers for my kids? That they would only yoke themselves to people that would pull them in the same direction I would pull them in. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness. And so we want them yoked with people who walk in truth, walk in the light. And when we're not, when they're not walking in the truth, we pray that God will expose that, that God will shine the light into the darkness and give them an appetite to respond to the light. Here's the last thing. Number five, simply pray that they will fly straight where they are aimed. Psalm 127 verse four is a great analogy for our children. This is what it says. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Now, in this verse, again, it's another word picture. There's a word picture for parents in here. Who are the parents in Psalm 127, verse 4? They're warriors. Yes, you are a warrior. And what are our children? They're weapons. You are God's warrior in a spiritual battle. And the weapons God has given you to do warfare are your children. 
Our job as parents is to aim our children in a direction that's going to make great impact. It's to launch them out. It is to send them out of our homes into the world so that when they make impact, it causes serious damage to the enemy's territory. Now, this, this is what our church is all about. Now, listen, if you are a parent who only prays defensively, you are missing out on what it means to simply pray. You can pray all day long that God would keep your kids from evil, keep your kids from stupid stuff, keep your kids from bad boyfriends and bad girlfriends, keep your kids away from pornography. Nothing wrong with those prayers. But if the height of your prayers is, Lord, I pray that my kid would not get pregnant, um, stay out of jail, and pay their student loan debt. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, expand your horizon a little bit. You're a warrior. Pray offensively. I've prayed for my children, not that they would survive the world, but they would change the world. They would do more damage than I've done around here. And so I pray that for our, our whole kids. They're, I'm praying for your kids. We, our whole staff walked through the children's area this week and prayed. And I was praying for kids in the nursery, kids in the toddlers, kids in the youth group, that from those rooms there would come the next round of pastors and church planters and missionaries and evangelists and pastors' wives. And that what is happening here would be a place that we are launching arrows that we would become a sending church from sending parents and that our kids would do more than make money and live good lives. Have you prayed that for your kids? Have a great commission focus when you're praying. You're a warrior. Your kids are the weapons. This also tells us that one day, not only do we aim them, one day we're going to have to release them. Open our hands and say, God, my kids don't belong to me. I don't own them. I can't control them. My identity is not caught up in who they are, what they do. I surrender my right to have well-behaved kids. I, I surrender my right to be loved and respected by my kids. I surrender my right to control my kids. They're yours. You release them. They're your arrow. I pray that they'll fly straight where I've aimed them. That's about the best you can do. I know that some of you carry a great burden for your kids and even listening to this message may have brought a tear to your eye thinking about where your kids may be, old or young. I know that for some of you, you're thinking about regrets and things. I wish I'd known this and if I'd heard this, yeah, well, it, it does no good to have regret. You can, you can simply pray that God would fill the gaps of your parenting with the greatness of your prayers for your kids. And if you do that, you have every reason to believe that God loves your children more than you do. God can change them more effectively than you can. And God can turn their heart back to Him. We tell our kids about Jesus. And then we tell Jesus about our kids. If you are a parent, would you just pray for each one of your kids by name right now? If you're not a parent, you can pray for someone else. If you're a kid, you can pray for your parents. And then I'm going to ask some of you that, 
that really carry a great burden for where your kids are right now. They're not walking in truth. They don't seem to have a soft heart for the things of the Lord. We want to believe that God would change their hearts and change the direction of their lives in prayer. And so if that's you, if, you, if you're carrying that burden, if you're heavy hearted for a child, and we're going to pray right now for our kids. God knows where they are. God knows what's hooked their heart. We're going to ask God to change the direction of our kids right now. Father, we know that uh, you know what it's like to, uh, to watch a son, even to be distant during that time that he was on the cross. And so God, there are, there are fathers in here that, uh, that need your grace. They need to know that they're loved. They need to know that uh, there's still a role that they have in prayer for their kids and moms the same way. I pray, God, that you would give uh, grace to fill in our parenting gaps. And God, would you hear the hearts of parents that love their kids, they love you. And Lord, you know where every one of the children are that have been mentioned by name here. I pray that by your spirit, you would pursue them. I pray that you would call them, that by your kindness, they would come to repentance. God, they would realize that uh, there is a greater purpose for which they can live. Know your favor and your grace and security of a home in heaven. God, would you do these things on behalf of, of Jesus Christ and what he has done, giving us standing before you in prayer. We boldly ask you to do what we as parents can't, reach their hearts. God, change the course of their lives. Give us great hope. God, restore our joy. Thank you for the kids that are here that are flying straight. God, we pray that you'd multiply that through the, the homes that are here. Give us faith to, to believe you for greater things. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Praying wise prayers for our children is really not optional. We heard Trent Griffith, pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana, reminding us to simply pray for the children that God brings into our lives. If you'd like to go back and listen to any of our past Resonate programs or today's, you can do that at harvestgranger.org resonate. And if you'd like to visit Harvest Bible Chapel for a worship service, just go to harvestgranger.org and click where you see Worship With Us. There's information there about service times and our campus locations. Again, our website is harvestgranger.org. Well, next week, Pastor Trent has some thought-provoking questions about how we pray about the difficult things in our lives. What if that very painful thing that you have prayed that God would remove is the very thing that God wants to use to change you, to teach you, to protect you, to grow you 
and draw you into a stronger, closer, intimate relationship with Him. What if that pain was put in your life to prompt you to pray? Join us next week on Resonate as we learn how to pray from our weaknesses. Well, thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that God's Word would resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.